This old-time radio program was originally aired live. Oh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Long before the advent of high fidelity. So they sat and listened to the radio day in and day out. We hope, however, that any variance in audio quality... First of all, I want to thank you for all the lovely letters you have sent me. ...will not take away from your pleasure in listening to this, one of the all-time favorite shows. So they sat and listened to the radio day in and day out to see what it was that was popular. Welcome to Premise. And secondly, I want to thank you for all the encouragement. Improvisations of possible fiction. The future in science fiction is just a metaphor for now. This is a series for the storyteller. I'm David Colosi. We will see. Until the captain. In each episode, I'll introduce a fictional premise. There was things which he stretched, but mainly he told the truth. And through improvisation, interviews, audio drama, and archival audio... It's a wonderful way to think about possibilities. Did you ever expect trouble and look forward to it? We'll explore the distance between fiction and our sometimes unbelievable reality. Hmm, here's an article that's hard to believe. Negative land have been drawn into the case. Let's play a game. This is one of the things that Let's imaginative fiction has always done. Let's play a There's a lot of mixing of truth and fiction. Let's play a game. We do not need magic to imagine better. Fictional statements clarify our notion of truth. It's a wonderful way to explore exotic politics. You throw a door open and say, well, what if? To different places. In reading a piece of fiction, we subscribe a silent agreement with its author who pretends that something is true and asks us to pretend to take it seriously. <laughs> The wind is with us. Now from APO 704 comes the other side. Puddin' Puddin' Souders, Mick the Chick, Shotgun Sipes, and Wino the Wolf. See what I mean? This is Premise. The pilot episode is titled, A Bold Move with the Cowardly Lion. A public elementary school in New York City is putting on a production of The Wizard of Oz, but they're going to cast the role of the Cowardly Lion as a real lion. It's a real live lion! I mean, why is that a bad idea? I would feel okay as long as it was like super tame, like years. I like cartoon lions. Greetings and salutations. I am the master of ceremonies on this cartoon extravaganza. I think the kids would be thrilled. There are so many ways in which it can go wrong. As a budding educator going into a classroom, that sounds terrifying. As much as I'd love to see a lion, I'm not sure I'd love to see it with my children on stage. The amount of uproar on the part of the community would be massive. The safety concerns, the paperwork, the uh, bureaucracy would be so deep and thick that there is no way you could wade through that jungle. Sounds like a Florida headline, actually, more than a New York City headline. <laughs> it might actually be possible there. A Florida taco restaurant is adding lion meat to the menu. I'd say if the animals consent, it's fine. If they get all the stipulations they make in their contract, 
I'm okay with it. This is a highly irregular procedure. One of the main points of The Wizard of Oz, they're distilling out one idea of what the lion is, a strong, capable beast, and giving it a half-person character that doesn't believe in himself. They all stand for people, but they're using the scarecrow and the tin man and the lion to talk about character traits of humans. So that's one reason that the lion is not a real lion. And there's, you know, there's really a lot of singing and dancing. Yeah, it's sad, believe me, Missy, when you're born to be a sissy without the feminine vibe. No. <laughs> no, it could never work. I'm Catherine McLeod. I'm a historian of zoos and of ecology in general as it relates to world politics and economies. A while back, maybe I could see it happening. My name is Esther Murphy, and I am an exotic animal trainer for the entertainment industry. You definitely have some hoops to jump through, that would be for sure, but if somebody was like, look, we don't care. We don't care how much money it costs, we don't care what permits, we don't care the time it costs. I mean, it's conceivable, it's doable. I mean, as long as it's like a trained lion, they have, yeah, they have goats and chickens and once on this island that won the Tony for Best Revival. Samantha Harris. So I'm an actor in New York City and my background's in classical acting and musical theater. And I teach drama at PS11 on Fridays. And I can sing. Yeah, sorry. You can definitely sing. You guys are so sweet. My name is Sydney. I really like to act. So I found about the drama thing, so I started it and then I just like couldn't stop and so now I want to become an actress. My name is Lucy. When I started doing it I got locked in too. I kept doing it but that's not the only reason I want to be an actress when I grow up. I like love acting. I've done many camps. But they have goats and chickens so why can't there be a lion in our production of The Wizard of Oz? Live animals are used even today you know on stage. The Harry Potter show I think we're trying to do some elves for them. Lions, of course, it would be a far stretch, and if for no other reason than the red tape, the insurance. I mean, the parents to sign off on letting their kids work around it, you know. It would... Well, as a father, I would want to know what safety precautions are in place to prevent the lion from attacking my child, who would either be maybe performing or perhaps in the audience or somewhere in the school or somewhere in the neighborhood. As a union person, I would want to know what protections the teachers would have. My name is Garth Walkoff. I'm an instructional coach for the New York City Teachers Union. I work primarily with high schools that are struggling. I might do it. My daughter's pretty fearless. But I don't think most parents would consent to having their child appear in a production with a live lion. And I don't think the lion would give its consent because I don't think it would understand what was happening. Tonight, uproar after a Miami high school invited a tiger to prom. The majestic and endangered animal was on display in a tiny cage and some critics are calling it a cruel act. That's unfortunate. Uh, I think. It, it reminds me uh, not only of the ice cream man, but also when I lived in Washington, D.C., this woman had overnight snuck into the zoo and climbed the fence to the tiger moat area and, and was eaten. And I guess she had a mental illness. 
Which is kind of what I think about the idea of having a tiger at a prom. Some kind of mental illness on the part of the administrators, maybe. How would it be if she keeps him tied up? He's really gentle. Animals and kids are a good combination. Generally, kids are very open to learning, and if you have something that is a visual for them as well, it tends to stick. My name is Adrian Whiteley. I am a former zookeeper, zoo manager at the Rosamund Gifford Zoo in Syracuse, New York. I worked there for 41 years. You have to pick the animals very carefully. Things like skunks and rabbits and reptiles and some birds. Some of the animals you can touch and some of them you can't touch. And when they do touch, you know, you have your touching finger. You do it in one direction. You don't go against the fur. There's really specific ways that you can touch animals and you don't go near the mouth. Connor Lynn Gaffney, assistant zoo camp director. Every job I've ever had has revolved around kids. I can usually anticipate what's about to happen and which one I need to keep an extra eye on. And usually by the end of a zoo camp week, I can tell which kid's about to go running in the distance and which kid's going to try to bang on the glass and which kid's just going to sit there wide-eyed and be thrilled by it. I can see how as a director of a play trying to herd like six, eight, nine-year-olds in general, but then you have a lion. I can see that just creating an ungodly amount of difficulty. Kids are just like little sponges, so you can tell them a lot and that? they remember a lot if what? it's paired with something that they're really excited about. Barely hear my heart beating. I'll be home in time for supper. In another hour, I'll be king of the forest. Long live the king. Oh, but the cowardly lion does have lines, doesn't he? He does. Oh my. If someone else is saying his lines and he's kind of walking around. That's right, we have a really <laughs> big it could be funny. Do you guys think Sydney or Lucy have suggestions as how those lines could be said? I mean, it would be a pretty amazing sight to see a kid reciting text to a line. It's kind of terrifying, but it's a pretty stunning image. Oh, no! Go get him, Mage! Go get him! Robert Pizzova. I work as a set designer and uh, art director in uh, film. A lot of opera productions and TV. Like something near the lion's face, so what could happen is the kid who's actually saying the line could like say it into a microphone that projects it into the thing that's on the lion's head, and then while the lion's moving its mouth, it could look like the lion saying it. That a boy, Mage. It really showed him. That's a good idea, but then how would we get the lion's mouth to move? Say someone like Mr. Ed had lines, too. He did, but he did have help from some sound designers, didn't he? You wrote words for your tune? Well, if Gershwin could, why can't I? <laughs> Let's hear him. What's the title? Pretty Little Philly. Pretty Little Philly. It's cute. I started a big lie. I said, well, when you were a kid, did you ever have peanut butter stuck under your lip? Oh, that's how it's done. But that wasn't true at all. Lester had it, a knack. He used a soft nylon thread put under the lip. And then he had the end going down the bridle. And he'd just give it a little tug. And Ed would try to get rid of it. That was his cue. And then he'd lay the crop across Ed's forelegs. And that was the cue to stop. But the second year, we could hardly stop him from talking. As soon as he heard my voice stop, his lips would start to go. I think it's mean because why would you physically move another living thing's mouth? It's like that living thing has as much freedom as we do. Why are we 
moving its mouth with a string. But it's still kind of mean because it's like torturing the horse. It's like it putting, might hurt. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like doing something uncomfortable to the horse, and the horse is gonna move its mouth to try to stop the uncomfortable thing, even though it's impossible. And they're just doing that for people's entertainment, not for an actual like real reason. I just sort of got this image, which flies in the face of my feelings about animal cruelty. But if you could attach the lion's paws to a track that ran across the stage. You can get the lion to move, but also it would stay and not run impulsively and bite a kid or something like that. And and would move when you wanted the lion to move. Like you'd have some kind of operator operating this remote control lion. Oh, four sooth and five sooth. I'm, I'm trying to go there with you. Um, but yeah, that sounds horrible. I can't emphasize that more. Do you think that needs the singing and dancing? If I were king the MGM Grand down in Las Vegas, when I was doing my schooling, I did a little internship. They used to have a lion enclosure. Their whole thing is very Wizard of Oz themed. You can get them to stand up on their hind legs and spin, and you can get them to roar on cue. But, I mean, that's kind of as far as you're going to take it. So with a cowardly lion, do you think a tame lion could fulfill that character trait? Uh, maybe as a thing that appears sometimes. I've been fortunate to know a number of lions. I've never met a cowardly lion. I've met a few exotics that you wouldn't call quite brave. That's half the thing sometimes, is just to build up their confidence enough to know that they can come out there and they're going to be safe. There's some possibility it just was laying there. <laughs> and you have to do the show around the lion. That's kind of what they really want to do, is just hang out. So it might, might be better to have the lazy lion. I mean, it had couldn't be only a real lion the whole time because the lion has to be a guide. The lion pushes the plot in a certain way. I think that the lion plays a really important part, maybe more so than the Tin Man and the Scarecrow. I felt like the lion was Dorothy's second in command. I always was mad at the lion where he came out and, and made Dorothy mad like that and start made her running. I would always get mad. I think you'd have to modulate how you use the lion. Only for key moments that would elevate the lion's stage presence. I think anytime there's an animal on stage, it pulls the focus. I mean, there's other things, like the Tin Man, the Scarecrow, and the Lion are all men, and Dorothy's a woman, is another type distinction that could be played with that I see as related. Welcome to a Mr. Licks commentary. It's about Mr. Licks. And guys, The Wiz played last night on NBC. People have played with those roles. And of course, The Wizard of Oz was all white cast. The Wiz was an all black cast. Welcome to Emerald City. Another character on the show was that of The Oz. And guess who played it? Queen Latifah played the Oz on the show. I always thought that the Oz was a guy. I'm the all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful Wizard of Oz. So, you know, these adaptations are possible. I don't think I can generalize all lions. Could a lion play the role? Maybe if the lion was a very good actor and could convey this duality. You'd have to have a casting call. 
Casting the Cowardly Lion presented unique problems to Leroy and Free. Somebody would have to have that lion that was just like, yeah, we raised him from a baby and he's just so mellow and he's so good and he's so nice and he just like doesn't care about anything and he's really playful. And They thought about using Leo the lion, the MGM lion you saw at the beginning of every film, a real lion, and having an actor's voice overdone. There's a 1925 silent film of The Wizard of Oz. The storyline's a little different. The scarecrow and the lion are thrown into a dungeon with five live lions. And there's a cowardly lion there too? Yeah. The wizard gives him a lion costume. Really? You know, in MGM at the beginning of the movies, there's always the lion that roars. Like in the beginning of The Wizard of Oz, that lion for The Wizard of Oz was named Jackie. And Jackie was in over a hundred films. No, it's not a nightmare. That lion's really in bed with him. Have you seen movies that had real animals in them? I probably wouldn't have watched that movie because it's a bad thing. I mean, I've seen movies with like real animals, but they're mostly just dogs and cats, so. Yeah, and chickens. Elephants and exactly. tigers and greatest showmen. And you both oh, saw yeah. greatest showmen. What? Elephants and tigers no, no, and no, I no. think zebras, yeah. No, they are horses because they they paint, they paint to the horses. What kind of a horse is that? I've never seen a horse like that before. No, and never will again, I fancy. There's only one of him and he's it. He's the horse of a different color you've had tell about. <laughs> so what do you think about painted horses? I think that's just like, I mean, do you like having like paint all over your body? Because like, I mean, it would be worse if you have fur because then it would be like stuck in your fur and it would just feel weird. And I feel like it would just be uncomfortable for the horses. The horse of another color was quite a problem. They used food coloring, either vegetable dye or grape, cherry, and lemon jello powder. And in The Greatest Showman's case, the reason why they're painted is to make the little girls think that their carriage is being pulled by zebras, even though they're actually horses. So it's kind of like a trick, but it, I think it's just mean to the horses. And I also think it's mean to the people who think it's actually zebras, because I think it's just like a lie. I think the peanut butter is a better way to go. Yeah. But I don't know if lions like peanut butter. You could do peanut butter that smelled like zebra and looked like zebra flesh. They're very smart, they're very motivated, and you're just never going to get them to do something they don't want to do. Animals that are used in that way have been habituated to people at a very young age, so they have been taken away from their mother younger than they would have been. Sometimes animals are altered to perform in those kinds of situations. Cats are declawed and their canine teeth can be cut. There's like whips and stuff. I don't think that should be in this play. I won't say that back in the 70s, every treatment of animal is beautiful, you know what I mean? And it's really raised awareness and the standard of care and the standard of training is so much different that the methods, the ethos with which we train now compared to the stories I hear are so different that it's, it's good. It's a really, really good thing that people are aware. But it would be sad to see it disappear altogether. The training technique is different. It is not always a cooperative effort. Sometimes it's a forced effort to put them in an environment that they 
would not choose to be in. So it's your job as a trainer to provide that right environment in which to work and where they want to work. We might set it up so that we are manufacturing that, but that's our job to make it so that they're actually wanting to do what they're doing and they're getting something out of it. And the majority of these animals were working with the behaviors that they would do naturally anyway. So they actually really enjoy doing what they're doing. So the lions are trained to do a variety of things that we do for husbandry reasons. So we can see all parts of their bodies. They're trained to put their feet up on the front of the enclosure, uh, open their mouths so you can check their teeth, lay down, uh, go into an area where they can't move from side to side very much so they can get their vaccines that way. You can also give them anesthetic drugs so you don't have to use a dart gun. Most of the training is getting them to cooperate in their care. At the core of it, it's no different from a lion to a dog to a kid to a husband. Just the scale of, of consequences is much deeper. <laughs> it's all about finding what motivates you. So for a lion, for example, you could be holding a meatball in your hand and you hold it up on top of their head and they're running at you and they jump up for the meatball and you train them like you fall as they're jumping on you, but they're eating the meatball. The really good ones can get a bit of wrestle, but again, you have to really be able to read that animal because they do have triggers. That instinct can kick in, so you have to know what's important to them. And that's the key, is to get them to do it of their own volition. We're talking about trained movie animals. We're not talking about zoo animals. We're not talking about... So they know what they're doing. They're trained for unpredictable situations. They're trained for lights and cameras and things that are going to move by them and stuff like that. So we work really hard on getting them used to that so that things like that don't really set them off anymore. When a music video is being shot, you're with an animal for a few seconds, and it's basically the wrangler has it tied down and or the animal cannot, in most respects, move very far. So the talent would be staged pretty quickly and then removed pretty quickly. And that's if they're in the same environment. So this is the beef scene before visual effects went in and kind of built this surround. There's the, the lion walking through the office. There's the wrangler. And then it's edited out. And then they edited in all these people. Everything's edited in or edited out. So you're saying basically that the, the people were never in the same room with the lion? As far as I know, no. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about the lion and Wolf of Wall Street. But I don't know anything about this. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking, if you had to unload a cage, so it comes on a flatbed truck, you've got a forklift, you've got a couple union guys that work for the school trying to get the cage off, you then have to get it through some big doorway, some eight-foot cage. I guess you drive the forklift through, so maybe you put it in the gymnasium. Then you got to get the animal out of the cage and then put it in some kind of a holding chamber, so you got to build the holding chamber. And then 
maybe the gymnasium has a backstage area. So that's its home. I don't think it would be possible because I don't think they would like fit the tiger or a lion or something into the, the school or the stage. Like I don't think they could even fit in the school. That's true because it couldn't even go on the stairs because I don't think it could bear the weight and it definitely couldn't go through the door because it wouldn't fit. It would have to take like a big step on center stage from the bottom. Yeah, I don't know how the logistics would work. You want to have a certain boundary between the audience. Public school, you got to have some safety measures. But it would be pretty badass to have uh, a stage set which is all completely lit from below, like a glass floor so you could see the lion the way it walked on the stage. That would be kind of empowering. So maybe it's a double chamber. So the lion's in one chamber and the actors are in another chamber, but they they seem to coexist because there's a larger chamber that we're watching the show through. I remember one of the first things I did was the premiere for Jungle Book that they actually did use all real animals, no CG, uh, in LA. So we actually did a red carpet premiere with jaguars and tigers and lions in front of our live crowd. What makes the difference in possibility? Is it just the public school and the kids? The security, obviously, right now at schools is a pretty serious matter. One final question. Do you think that lions have any place in or around schools? Uh, I think that's best left to locales and states to decide. So the idea of bringing that kind of an animal onto the premises of a public school in New York City would definitely raise some fears that something bad might happen. You can't say definitively today that lions shouldn't be in schools? Well, I, I will refer back to uh, Senator Enzi talking about in Wapiti, Wyoming. I think probably there, I, I would imagine that there's probably a lion in the school to protect from potential grizzlies. Who do you think needs the more experience, the kids, the audience, or the lion? The lion. The lion. Because who knows what the kid's going to do? Who knows what the audience is going to do? The lion just needs to know how to react to everyone and not do the lion things. You're putting the lion in a really weird situation. The kids are in their environment, surrounded by their people. The audience is in an environment that they're fairly comfortable in, surrounded by their own species. The lion's the one who's out of place there. The lion needs the support. What if there are more lions there? Would that make it more comfortable? It would depend on the lions, because lions are generally group animals. So if you had male and male, then no, it wouldn't work. And then if you had the females there, you'd have to have the right females and the male ratio, and you'd have to have all that kind of all together so that it all worked out. Right, and now we have four or five lions in a public elementary school. I hope you have a really good principal and really open-minded teachers. He isn't violent, is he? Oh, far from it. In fact, he's very gentle. You'd have to ask Miss Hope. You have to ask our and Miss Simone. And Miss Simone yeah, and Miss Tahita and Miss Alicia. Yeah, I definitely don't have final say at PS11. Do you think they would have the final say? Well, when it comes to a lion, they might even have to go to the superintendent. What did you do that for? I didn't buy them. I was remembering Bart the Bear. He was in a movie called The Edge with Anthony Hopkins. and The nominees for Outstanding Achievement. They had Bart come to the Oscars. Okay, I know 
We're not supposed to make political speeches. And he's like a 18-foot Kodiak grizzly. But someone must speak for those who cannot speak. I mean, you don't really get more risky than a Kodiak grizzly bear coming to an A-lister event with all the glitterati and flashing cameras. Ladies and gentlemen, the star of 11 motion pictures, including Clan of the Cave Bear, Legends of the Fall, and most recently, The Edge, Bart the Bear. They took huge precautions. They had hot wires, they had people with tranquilizer guns. And you'd have to do the same thing. Do you think such a thing could ever be possible? I hope that there's not a time when a lion is so tame and docile that you could take it into a school and everything would be fine because that's not what lions are like. As an instructional coach, I think it's brilliant, and I love the idea of having an actual lion playing the cowardly lion where perhaps that lion isn't cowardly and just playing with the lack of control that a real lion would present. See, I told you he was tame. Who wants a lion whisker for a souvenir? It could have another conservation effect because you could spin it to the cowardly lion element. I think it could work if you did it right. Maybe not in an elementary. Maybe like practice with some professionals. 50 years ago, I can see them doing that just as a lark. And it's only because of all the bureaucracy and everything else that has changed now. For better or for worse. I always like to be on the positive side of possibility. I think that The Wizard of Oz is a pretty interesting movie to think about interspecies relationships in. And I haven't given it much thought before now. Well, this is no longer fiction. I think it's actually really going down. <laughs> no, now I'm really excited about The Wizard of Oz with this real lion. <laughs> Cats, watch out. <laughs> So, overall, I think me and Sydney think it's a really bad idea. Do you have any other things you want to add or say? You're going to rethink this whole <laughs> lion in the elementary school deal. All right, I'll have a talk with the fictional director of this. <laughs> Good. Say what you wanna, but I'm here to stay because I'm a mean old lion. <laughs> you can go Thank you for listening to Premise. I'm David Colosi. And in this episode, you heard Garth Walkoff, Robert Fazoha, Esther Murphy, Catherine McLeod, Adrian Whiteley, Connor Lynn Gaffney, Samantha G. Harris, Sydney, and Lucy. Okay, is this Wakanda? No, it's Kansas. Special thanks to Brick Arts Media. Just when you thought it was safe. How could there have been only one? 
there is a creature alive today, a mindless eating machine. Jaws. This extraordinary live action musical theater program of the YMCA. A live action spot for the return of Jaws. Did you know that our shark experts can actually train our sharks? You knew it was dangerous, but you let people go swimming anyway. Jaws. At the YMCA, we can teach safe and strong swimmers. One of the biggest fears that they have is, oh my gosh, am I going to see a shark? And my immediate response is, you're lucky if you get to see a shark. They're sort of like puppy dogs. They love to have their noses rubbed. They love to be rubbed on their bellies. That's a shark. If they're interested in musical theater, this YMCA, geared for 6 to 14-year-olds, is the place to be. The idea that sharks are man-eaters that don't think is definitely starting to change. You know, it's misunderstood and misconstrued as they're ravenous, you know, mindless, man-eating machines, and that's not how they are. Scientists have opened a revolutionary classroom. We have 700,000 gallons of water in this swimming pool. You really are seeing what you think you're seeing. A great white shark and a human. No air tanks, no cage, no fear. YMCA will bring in a professional Broadway artist. A star pupil named Seymour not only responds to touch, Good boy. he performs like a trained seal. And this is my friend Vertigo. He's a six-year-old shark. Taking responsibility leads to a good ensemble relationship. We've used a technique called target training that allows us to actually condition the sharks to follow a target. Jaws. Live action. YMCA. All the sharks get an auditory call. And then we put their shape in the water. We do a color contrast so that they understand that that's their shape. It would only be as effective with live actors to achieve this level of believability. Ever since Jaws, it's pretty hard to generate sympathy. The Shark Whisperer, a fearless daredevil who swims with great whites, tried to do the anti-Jaws piece. The training shatters stereotypes. There's a great white. There's the little blonde girl, just like in the movie. But in the movie, which is fictitious, the little blonde girl gets eaten, right? So in reality, what's happening? We're coexisting. None of man's fantasies can compare with the reality. Of Jaws. We've trained our sharks to be held and brought into the shallow water so that they can get really close up to them. They get hands-on, they get to touch them. Is it true that most people get attacked by sharks in three feet of water? It's a great opportunity for any kid who wants to get a little more confidence. All I'm trying to do is facilitate people to experience sharks, and the sharks are kind of speaking up for themselves at that point. I just kind of feel like a translator. All of the elements of live action need to be excellent if you want to actually move people. It's a nurturing yet challenging environment. It's not something you saw on TV. It's not something you read in a book. You actually experienced it. It's really hard to describe what it's like to, uh, to actually have a great white swimming towards you or next to you. Um, it's really breathtaking. I enjoy every day coming in here and seeing these guys just um, knock my socks off. They amaze me every day. Jaws. Six to 14 year old YMCA. See it.